0: This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 76 Envisioning Your New Year. I hope you're having a happy holiday season. This time of year is perfect to reflect on our past and project ourselves into the future to envision and create the life we want to experience. So, for this episode, I sat down with Elena Brower. Elena is a mama, a teacher, an artist, and poet. She's a best-selling author and the podcast host of Practice You. Elena has taught yoga and meditation since 1999. Her first book, Art of Attention, has been translated into seven languages. Her essential mentorship is beloved for bringing analog creativity to online coursework. And her third book, Being You, will be released in early 2021. With all the work she does focusing on reflection and contemplation, I thought she would be a great guest to talk about envisioning our new year. If you like this podcast, you can continue to get inspired and learn even more with a premium subscription. As a member, you get early access to regular episodes, a ton of exclusive audio and video content, and the ability to request the exact kind of episode you need to continue to deepen your practice. This subscription is on Patreon, so you can also contribute to the community, because Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that enables fans like you to support creators like me in sharing everything yoga has to offer with the world. Sounds good, right? If it does, visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become a premium member. At the same time, you're supporting me in the creation and the production of this podcast, so I truly appreciate that, and I want to say thank you in advance. All right, ready? Let's get to our episode of today. Hi, Elena. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So, Elena, for listeners that don't know you very well, can we start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your yoga journey? I know we each have things we go through, like a big range of experiences that make us who we are today.
1: So... I am from a suburb of New York. I have been practicing yoga since I was around 18. Mm-hmm. Started studying to teach when I was about 28. And started teaching when I was 29. And now I'm 50. I really enjoy the evolutionary process that yoga has become. I see now the stages from, you know, strong vinyasa to acro yoga to this much more sort of thoughtful, uh, empowering, subtle practice that I now know today.
0: Mm -hmm. As a teacher, what, what in your life brought you to yoga or what in your life brought you to deciding to become a teacher?
1: Um, Someone actually inspired me with her teaching. Her name is Cindy Lee, and she was the founder of Om Yoga. Mm-hmm. She still teaches today. She was just an incredibly charismatic, funny, light, real teacher. And I felt seen, you know, and, and heard. And I felt better when I left her class than when I'd walked in. Yeah. And she said, oh, I'm just going to be starting a teacher training. And I was like, teacher training, what's that? And I basically submitted the answers to the questions that she asked in the application with a piece of art. And from there, I guess the rest is history. I got trained and then I began teaching and then the whole kind of world started to realize the value of yoga. And at that point was when I began to teach in earnest I opened up my studio about twelve, no, three years after starting to teach, and twelve years later I closed it, and uh, that was in twenty fourteen.
0: Why did you decide to close?
1: It was time. Mm. Uh, I it just wasn't. There were many factors that led into it, financial, and uh, were the the real sort of catalyst. The rent had gone up and it was just really, it was never going to be a way that I saved money. It would always be fine in terms of making money and being profitable, but it was not a way to make enough money to, you know, feel comfortable and safe in the long run. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you applied
0: to that teacher training with art and art is still really part of how you express yourself today as a teacher. How did that start for you?
1: I, I've just always been making art since I was a little girl.
0: Yeah, painting?
1: Mm-hmm. All the things All painting, the things. calligraphy, mm. writing, drawing. That's amazing. Ca- I, I do a lot of um, collaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Amazing. All right, so as we jump in into our subject of today, the first thing I wanted to touch on with you is the idea of recovery, and I know you have your own story of recovery, and we've had Tommy Rosen on the podcast in episode 48, and we talked about his path with yoga and self-study into recovery to offer tools to people, but of course, everybody's path in recovery is very unique, and there's no one-size-fits-all, so just having another side of that conversation... I wanted to ask you about your path of recovery and what helped you and what, you know, helped you move forward.
1: Well, I had been sort of on and off smoking marijuana for, I don't know, upwards of about 20 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I, at the end, had a real issue when I turned like 39, 40. It just became a, a very regular part of my day in my life and it didn't feel good It felt very dangerous to me. Mm. So I, when I was 43, I decided I had to quit and I had to quit soon. I just didn't know how to. And then I started talking to people like Tommy and Gabby Bernstein. And I just started asking the questions that I needed to ask in order to turn on the awareness that I needed to bring online in order to be strong enough to let that habit go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really did make me feel like I was, you know, more creative and more powerful, or so I thought, more more funny, you know, more personable. But really, it was a huge, gigantic waste of time
0: mm.
1: uh, for me. And when I let it go, I, I began to see how much more lovely and full life actually was and then I began to grow my businesses and you know everything else from there is such a such a beautiful way to kind of create now without that addiction
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and so what are the tools you used other than awareness like how did you grow that awareness what was the container of support or how did you take steps into recovery
1: I used art I made a different piece of art every day Um, I leaned on my friends who were sober Mm -hmm. not often but enough that I felt like I was held in some way and then I just really I, I I had made a commitment to myself that I deserved better that I My kid deserved better, you know, even though he was never home, it was always in the morning after he would leave for school. And I basically wouldn't schedule anything for the first five hours of the day. And I would go up up to the roof and I would get high. And then I would sort of work my way out of being high. Mm -hmm. And then it was like noon or one o'clock and I would go about my business, Mm -hmm. whatever that was, you know, teaching or whatever. But it was just such an empty, vapid life. And I just, I was done at a certain point. I turned 44 and I was like, all right, this is when. And six days later, I I cut it out completely. And that was six years ago.
0: Mm, congratulations. Thank you. So on that path, how has yoga supported you? How has your practice helped you show up for yourself?
1: Well, it's just kind of always in the background. You know, there's not a day goes by that I don't practice in some form or mm-hmm. another and it's the it's the sort of organizing principle behind taking care of my body i do lots of other physical things i hike i run hills i dance i jump on my little uh belicon mm-hmm. but i i it's always going back to yoga
0: and i've heard you talk and i know you're a
1: coach with um the Handel
0: method and i've heard you talk about how this method kind of gave you direction and a container to have steps to look forward into the recovery and have a different approach to it. Would you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, the method is really about um, it's about personal integrity. It's about making promises and keeping those promises. Mm. And I think the the way in which we kind of create a life for ourselves is either extremely conscious or it's extremely unconscious. And everything that I'm enjoying right now is a result of some previous thought or action. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And everything that you're feeling like, you know, that you personally, Erica, but... If you're listening to this listener, if you're feeling like something is subpar, everything that you're experiencing right now is a result of some previous thought or action, it's very good news because these are all <laughs> things that are changeable. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Handel Method is teaching, that everything really does come back to me. Everything really does come back to my own um, handling of action. hmm and circumstance. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you've had a really serious trauma or lack of presence of a parent, some sort of very real circumstance in your life that seems insurmountable, I would invite you to consider that you are not wrong, that these circumstances are awful, mm-hmm. horrific in certain cases. But how you or I handle them going forward, how you or I show up in, an, in a state of empowerment going forward, that determines the rest of this day, this week, this month, this year, this life.
0: And so how? How do we show up in that state of empowerment?
1: Make one vision for each area of your life, your work life, your relationship your family and you write this vision out in the present tense it's perfectly happening right this second in your mind it may not be happening in real life but it's happening in your mind and then the as the method goes you rate yourself on a scale of one to ten how close am I to this ideal Mm. and anything below say an eight You can look and see into your life, into your appointment book, into your phone, and you can see what's there that's actually perpetuating this distance from the vision that you've laid forth.
0: What's in your way? Like what are you, what's in your life that's stopping you in some way? Is that what you mean?
1: Yes. What's either stopping you or what's not in, what structure is not in place that will help you get there. Mm -hmm. And the whole method, and really my favorite course is the Inner You course, I-N-N-E-R, letter U. The whole method is really about putting into place the structures that you need to see that vision true and taking, dismantling, taking away the structures that are keeping you from it.
0: Great. So that sounds super interesting, and I would love for us to dig a little deeper as this episode will air around the new year so we can think about how to use this envisioning method to kind of launch ourselves into this time of renewal and a goal setting and of fresh start. You know, we always or often I find the new year is a time where we want to reflect on the past year and create goals or create that vision for the future. So mm. as we, I would assume, take the time to just get into that headspace first, you know, doing what you need to be grounded and have quiet time or taking a moment to find spaciousness within so you can tap in into what it is that you want you need and all that information coming from your intuition but as we start to envision as that the step number one, how do we do that? How do we envision is there you know a way to start really big and go more granular or is it precise goals are we thinking? feelings or energy how do we go about it
1: well i would definitely recommend taking this course Mm -hmm. and you can actually the best way is to email sally at handelgroup.com h-a-n-d-e-l group.com and literally let her know that you were listening to a podcast where i was on it and i sent i sent you there Mm -hmm. she'll be happy (laughs) it's the best way yeah she'll be psyched i love sally she and i are good old friends and the 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 real thrust of it is that you're writing this vision in the present tense. There are no mentions of what you don't want mm, That's important. in this vision. And you are bravely going where you haven't gone before, let's say. Mm, mm-hmm. That's just what's happening.
0: So giving you permission to actually dream big,
1: big Very enough big. that
0: it will make a change in your life yes just that is can be super scary for people to dream big because that puts you in a place where you might think that you have more chances of failing that if you dream small and it's easier to accomplish
1: that's right Mm -hmm.
0: so as we start to dream big you mentioned that we start to become conscious of what is helping us stopping us or what's missing that would be helping us So is that part of the envisioning state to also envision how and what is going to support us in the creation or in the change or in the manifesting of what we want in the future?
1: Well, once you've had an honest look, and and again, this course is brilliant for this because it takes you through it very methodically. But once you've had an honest look at why you're not where your vision is, Mm. you can see pretty clearly where you're selling yourself short where you're not really taking care of yourself where you're not really paying attention to what needs tending Mm -hmm. in your life in order to get to to that place so you know it's kind of it's it's along those lines Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and then once we have those vision how do we act like you were mentioning in integrity with what we want or align with what we actually want and keep those promises we made to ourselves. That's a
1: hard step. Well, the important part is to set forth a consequence that will really mean something to hmm. you. I like to set forth consequences. When it comes to promises, I set forth consequences that are cross-purposes, meaning like, okay, so if you don't, uh, let's say if I, if I end up being reactive, this worked for a long time, it's, it's still actually working. If I'm reactive with my son, um, I have to, instantly tell his father. His father and I are not together. We're divorced for, gosh, almost 10 years now. We're very, very good friends, close, Mm -hmm. close. But the consequence is I have to call his dad. What does that do? Brings (laughs) us closer, makes us more of a team, brings him into the conversation, and also gets me some help from somebody who really gets it. Mm -hmm. Cross-purpose consequences are really good when you want to change a behavior.
0: So it's cross-purpose because it helps you not do what you're trying to avoid, and it also creates... It's
1: cross-purposes, yeah, because it it serves two purposes. It not only helps you to avoid the behavior, helps me to avoid the behavior, but also brings me closer to my son's father, which is always a good idea. Yeah,
0: of course, so you can co-parent in a way that is for his highest interest.
1: Do you have kids?
0: I do not, no. All right, so... Then we work in integrity. We work on keeping our promises. I like that, that we put consequences for ourselves. Do you recommend that we actually write, like, the consequences, like a contract to ourselves, like a real promise where if I do this, this will happen next? And it's a way to kind of keep it in our mind and not just say it and never look back at it again?
1: Whatever works for you. Mm. I mean, again, the course is really where you get to learn what all the options are. Like, I I can't possibly recount to you the. Mm -hmm many hours, uh, in that this entails in the context of a podcast, but, um, you know, whatever makes you feel connected to the truth of it and to the results that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And
0: in a world where, you know, so much is possible, how do we choose what is our priority? If we're going to accomplish a handful of things, or we're looking to work on a, particular aspects of our life, like you talked about looking at all the aspects of your life. How do we find or decide which one needs the most attention more urgently?
1: Well that that also I mean you're looking at all the different areas of your life and you're seeing a, a number. There's a the rating. Mm-hmm. There's not really a fast answer to this question because once you take a look at all these different areas of your life and you see, okay, I am at a five here, I'm at an eight here, I pretty much know where I want to focus my attention. Right, right, right. As comfortable as it might be.
0: So you're going to start where you have the lowest rating of satisfaction, obviously.
1: Technically, yes. But there, <laughs> there are many other reasons, you know, many other determining factors for each person. It's so individual.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the place of... Before launching in the future, the reflection on the past and observing what we've done already, positive and negative, and using that as a base versus putting that aside and just simply envisioning what we want to feel or experience in the future.
1: In my own experience, the more precise I am, the more results I get. So don't be wishy-washy. Be very, very precise about what you're seeking to feel and experience, and then put the mechanisms in place to have that feeling and that experience.
0: Mm -hmm. So what kind of mechanism can we put in place? We have obviously everything that yoga has to offer in that practice. And what else can we think about to help us?
1: Again, it's so specific to what is, I, I can't give you a general answer because it's so specific to each person, it's a promise based on what you want your vision to be, based on what you're not doing or what you need to be doing. And that it, it's so it's so individualized. Like I, I, I don't really um, want to offer any sort of blanket advice because A, it's got to be personal and B, it has to be something that means something to the person who's seeking the change. Mm-hmm. otherwise it simply won't be implementable and then of course there's another cycle of feeling like a failure which i don't want to be part of you know the more individual the more seriously you can take the work the better your results will be mm-hmm. and that's different for everybody so we're being super
0: precise and then we have to look at what will work for us, what doesn't work for us. We're we're learning from our own past experience and then adjusting for the future and really being precise, but also, you were saying, really having that integrity and that consciousness of what it is we want, how it looks, and what we need to, to do to get there.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's the general sort of like broad brushstroke. But yeah, yeah. You could say that.
0: Um, so with this, and in everything else you do, there's a strong theme of showing up and doing the work, whatever that work is. Um, and I find this comes through coaching this way or with this method, with this kind of course. And also in your books of the Art of Attention, on that you know workbook side of it, or in your book, Practice You are in the Deck. It's a lot about reflection. So what's the importance for you of that act of reflection, whether it's journaling or contemplation? How does it serve you or how can it serve us?
1: Well, anytime you're looking at yourself uh, with a discriminating eye, with empathy, with this careful balance of, you know, what's really here and how deeply can I love this person and provide comfort and, um, safe space, you know, that's going to help you choose your, uh, path going forward. Mm -hmm. So I encourage contemplation all the time. I do it through my mentorship. I do it through my team building. I do it through my, the journals that you spoke about. I I do it through pretty much everything that Mm -hmm. I do because, Most of us, like, I don't even want to say an answer for somebody else. I want them to contemplate and know that their intuition is to be relied upon. Mm -hmm. And I think the more practice we have in reflection, the more trust we can start to enjoy in our intuition. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it empowers us. Instead of giving our power away to be told what to do, then we find the answers that we already have inside of us that we just maybe didn't know. So what does... You said contemplation is part of your practice. Um, What does that look like for you? Is it at the end of a meditation that you just kind of take a moment to ask or receive, or is there journaling? What's your take on it?
1: Mostly after I meditate, I write. Mm -hmm. I have a little promise to myself to write at least four poems a week, Mm. four pieces of writing a week for my next book, so... After I meditate is when the best things come out and come through. So that's what I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about that reflection or looking back, is there a lesson you learned in the last year as we start and move towards the next year? Is there something on the personal level that has come up that you'd like to, to mention or celebrate with us today?
1: There's so much, but probably the first thing that I think of is the land, like whatever you can do to sort of sanctify and save the the land, the earth through your smallest incremental actions. Mm-hmm. Then I would say your family in the same way, what small practices, actions, words can you offer to... Um, you know, really provide nourishment in the context of your family, whether they're with you or they're distant from you. Mm-hmm. And then if that family, the blood family, is not part of what holds meaning for you, then do that for your soul family, for mm-hmm. your friends, your friendships. But it's, for me, the f- the first thing I, I see is land, farming, like, like, tending to the land when you ask that question.
0: Mm-hmm. It was definitely a big year for raising awareness around social justice and that kind of makes me think of that a little bit what can we take away from this year with COVID the election that rise of social justice or at least a rise in discussion about social inequality
1: find people in your near vicinity whom you can support and support them Mm. And by that, I mean financially or with your presence or with food, whatever. Stay local is what I mean. I mean, Mm -hmm. I support things that are across the world with my resources, but I'm also supporting uh, an initiative to get running water into the households on the Navajo land, which is very close to me. I did this way before I moved here, which is so strange, but, um, you know, I would encourage local action. And I would also sort of in tandem encourage you to, if you're listening to this, find some marginalized community that's near you and learn their history. Hmm. That's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. Learn the history of those who've been marginalized and start to really wrap your head around how complicit you have been in not knowing that history.
0: Yes. So learning from them, like studying and reaching out, you know, what they have to say. Yeah. And also getting in that uncomfortable place of having the hard conversations. And this can be done in really small and simple ways. It doesn't have to be, you know, sometimes we have a complex of, I have to make something huge for it to matter. But I guess it, it doesn't. Like just starting a conversation, just learning.
1: I think the most important thing we can do, you know, it was in such high rotation, uh, the whole idea of learning the history of your area, your ancestry, the ancestry of the people who are near you who've been marginalized historically. And that's sort of faded into the background now, but I am highly committed and convinced that one of the most important things we can do right now is stay in that learning Mm -hmm. about the the folks who are near and far but but near who've been marginalized there's there's no greater time than the present to really get familiar with how that has played out over time and how damaging it's been
0: Mm -hmm. you took a place as a teacher and took it upon yourself to kind of have this mission around raising that awareness? Why was that important for you?
1: You know, there's no, there's no, there's no amount of um, help that I can offer if I don't know the history. So really what I came through and did was just, I just encouraged people to learn and stay connected to those communities. Start to really bring things together so that we can see how how... Utterly similar we all are. Mm,
0: yeah. Kind of break down those assumptions yeah. of yeah. being different. Yeah.
1: There's one heart. Mm. Your heart, my heart. We all have the same damn heart. <laughs> you mentioned a
0: little earlier that you have a mentorship. And that's something fairly new that you're offering. But I know it's something you've been wanting to do for a long time. What helped you take the leap, leap of faith?
1: I wanted to turn 50.
0: You wanted to turn 50?
1: Yes, for some reason I thought, you know what, I can't really, really do this until I'm 50 years old. And by the time I'm 50, I'm going to know some things. So you just felt like there was a point in time where? I just felt like I now, now I, I'm ready. I, I'm ready to do this. And it's monthly and it's inexpensive, super accessible, and full of relevant information for all of us short little videos a full library of stuff for your house for your business for whatever kind of business you happen to be in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's a really supportive community we have just no shortage of incredible humans and there's a lot of information sharing because everybody knows that I don't see myself as the head of anything. I see myself as like a a cog in a wheel and a gear Mm -hmm. that helps every other gear turn. Mm. So I encourage their participation, their contributions. You know, it really is about all of us. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. Super sweet.
0: Mm, That sounds sweet. Do you think you have more people like in the yoga world or is it really more spread out? into other kind of businesses
1: could not tell you
0: Mm, okay
1: i don't look really at statistics or numbers like that i just i just create and how you decide what to create based on what i want to see like no one else has done a mentorship like this that that goes across all the teams in doTERRA That also covers yoga teachers. That also covers professionals. That also covers householders. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many ways to um, to learn, and so many different communities to which I have a connection. I've done so many different jobs in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of how I, you know, that's kind of how I work. Is I, I I support a lot of different kinds of humans in excelling at what they do. Mm, That's sweet. So you said that
0: the way you choose is what you want to see in the world. So what is that thing you want to see? What are you trying to create more of?
1: Just supportive community, places to gather that don't require, you know, Facebook, just real direct, quick. The videos in the library and mentorship are three to eight minutes long. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just exactly what's touching my heart right now and what's been helpful to me right now. And um, that keeps changing, keeps evolving. So there's almost every day I record something new for it, whether it's an audio or a video. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it makes a big difference for people in their belief and their business and their work and their home life and their relating to their kid or their parent who's getting older. Mm-hmm. So many different, uh, really important ways to turn our attention.
0: That's great. And you're working on the new book, yeah? That's almost ready.
1: Being you is done, and that oh, it's will be done. released. Yeah, that will Yay. be released in January of 21. Awesome! Just a few weeks from now. Yeah, I'm actually waiting for my first copy. I only have a galley copy yet. Mm-hmm. Um, That's exciting. And I'm working on the next book, which is called Nurturing You, and that one is full of poetry as well as writing prompts, creative prompts similar to Practice You and Being You. But mm-hmm. this one. My publisher wants more of my poetry so I'm I'm getting it in there and then still my artwork and I'm really enjoying so this trilogy will be complete
0: mm-hmm. that's amazing it's bringing another part of your art yes through the words yes oh congratulations I can't wait to see
1: it thank you thank you
0: anything else you want to add before we finish if there's one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with today what would that be
1: Oh, just love yourself so much. Have so much empathy for yourself. Really, really, really. And be willing to look at other people with a great deal of spaciousness and see how much they actually do care. Mm-hmm. See how much they actually do care about how things go and what they feel like and what they look like. Even if they're not showing it to you right now, they really do care in some corner of their soul and have, have a lot of space for those folks and for their mistakes. Great. That's
0: a great way to finish. I'll put all your info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to work with you, if they have questions, or they just want to say hi?
1: Well, Elena Brower is the best place, Mm elanabrower.com. From there, you'll find the mentorship is in there. You'll find the podcast, Practice You Podcasts is doing super well, and Mm -hmm. I have such a good time doing it. It's really a labor of love. Yes. I record one a week, and I have such a nice time. And, um, yeah, everything else is there. Everything else is there. There's a blog there I put poems in. It's it's a simple, I'm simple and easy to find.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today.
1: And for having me. Thank you very much, Erica. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen. Come and connect with us on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast as we revisit every single episode since the beginning. And don't forget, visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to become a premium member and get your hands on all our exclusive content. Check out the show notes to find more info about our guests of today, Elena Brower, or my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. Before we go, just a last thank you to Alexander Saba, working in the background, creates the music, edits, and mastered this podcast. Once again, guys, thank you for listening. Until next time.